released in the heavenly realm on a continual basis. There are always things being released at the throne. When you walk up to the throne of grace, something gets released. You can't be in the throne room and not have something moving. It's not a static place. It's, a, it's not a quiet place. <laughs> Somebody walks into the throne room and, 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 and there's, there's worship that erupts out of them. There's a, there, there's a pressure inside of them and, and, it, and, and that brings out the best in that, in that thing. How many of you all have been in, a, in an anointed worship service and you had no worship in you until you opened your mouth and all of a sudden you heard yourself sing like you'd never heard sing before? And, all, and you go, wow, where did that come from? It's because there was a, a high pressure system and a low pressure system. That's what, that's what clouds are made of. That's what, what uh, systems are made of. There, there's, there's high pressure and there's low pressure. And what God is doing is he, he, he is continually building high pressure in the heavenly realms. He is continually wanting to do something on earth that he has not done yet. Y- y'all with me? <laughs> okay, he's always doing that. Now, he's waiting for somebody to get hungry here at the low pressure system. The will of the Lord stored up. There are things in heaven that he has dreamed for us that we have not yet seen. Eyes not seen, ears not heard. It's not even into the heart of man. The things that God has prepared, and the word prepared there literally means he's pressing on. He's, pr- he's pressing from his, from his character, from his almighty throne, from his authority and his sovereignty. He is pressing on the earth and saying, there are things I want released in the earth. I'm waiting for somebody to cry out and say, would you release that? Somebody with a prophetic insight to be able to look in and say, God, you're about ready to release release this i see this in your heart i see this in your hand and he begins to let us see his heart and his hand and when we declare and come into agreement with that we create a low pressure system here that that interacts with the high pressure system here and something gets thrown open day of pentecost was fully come they were all in one place in one accord they had been there for seven to ten days depending on how you count they had, they had dwindled from 500 that were given a promise to 120. But when the 120 were in one place and hungry enough, and they'd stayed there long enough, and they'd waited long enough, and they'd cried out enough, there was a point where, where God said, now it's time. And there was a rushing, mighty wind. What was the, it was the sound of a gate being swung open and a low-pressure system and a high-pressure system meeting each other, and that's wind. It came, it came and blew through the place, and it announced that there was a shift in the heavenly realms that was an epoch or, a, or, or a, a season of time. It was a marker in time. It was pre-Pentecost and post-Pentecost. Now, something at that moment, Jesus himself prophesied that moment and said, when I go away, I'm going to send the comforter. Heaven was being pressurized with the will of Jesus, the will of the Father coming to agreement about the sending of the Holy Spirit. The, the people on the earth were crying out and saying, whatever you're sending, please send it now. We have no idea what we're expecting but we know there's something about ready to change. And when that happened, the church was birthed, and the church spread throughout every nation, every kingdom of the earth in just a matter of weeks and months. Those those fishermen became leaders that shifted nations, and we're still reading the letters that they wrote in, in that season because something came on them from heaven, and there was a shift. Is there any wonder that, that David wrote something like this in in, in the uh psalm 27 swing wide you heavenly gates be lifted up you everlasting doors that the king of glory may come in he's he's crying out for this shift and this change that god wants to bring in this season 
food to another. Wow. Okay, everybody okay? Revelation chapter 5, the prayers of the saints go up. They are stored in bowls. There's a point where God turns over to an angel and says, those bowls, that stuff they've been praying for, pour it out. When it's poured out from heaven on earth, what's going on in heaven? Lightnings, thunderings, sounds. On earth, there's an added dimension. There's lightnings, thunderings, sounds, and earthquake. The earth shifts. When, when prayers from heaven are poured out, when, when there's a, an equalization of pressure between heaven and earth, when the things God has desired to release are suddenly released, there's an equalization of pressure, and the earth responds. The earth itself, that literally the earth quakes. When Jesus passed, what happened? The earthquake. Look through the scriptures, and when you find an earthquake, you find God saying something, that there's something about ready to change, there's something changing. Earthquakes are increasing in, in, in power, and, and uh, they're coming more often. What, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> yes, they're increasing. You look at it, it's, it's exponential from, from year to year. The earth is shaking. The scripture says that even the earth is crying out. All creation cries out with groanings that cannot be uttered. The earth is making noises all over the earth. There's, there's literally noises they can't figure out where they're coming from. The earth is groaning, waiting for what? The sons of God to be revealed. Now I'm about ready to shift. This is the message I was going to preach. <laughs> but it's not just for individuals in the room. I want you to know that God's about ready to, to reveal his bride through sons that don't deserve to be sons because none of us do <laughs> and I want, I want to make some declarations some of you in the room if a declaration hits you i want you to jump up as a representative of the body of christ if you if you say you know what i've operated under that that thing has gotten on me or that's something i feel like i've lost or i'm not walking in the fullness of and if you get if, if i'm if i'm making a declaration and it hits you you know representative repentance where you can repent for something else that somebody else has done you, when, when a prophet stood up and he, and he repented for the people it was, it, he stood in the position of intercessor for the people and his repentance had effect in them what I believe tonight is as, as we declare this, this word if there's resonance in you of that thing if you would just simply stand up and say I agree with that there's resonance in me about that and I'm going I, I to I put off something and take on something. If you'll make the shift, literally, physically, some of you are going to stand up in here and you're going to do a, you're, you're going to stand as a representative of the body of Christ, of the sons and daughters of God, and say, we've walked in that. And you may have personally walked in that, and if you do, you, you can get really, really free tonight. <coughs> because God's looking for examples to demonstrate these things in. To the point that it's going to be radical shift in some of you that you're going to go, I don't know what happened to me that night. Some of you encounters already doing that to you because what we did in encounter, we're going to just take what we did in encounter to another step tonight, and we're going to we're going to take this uh, to a place because when when the sun, I know I'm going quick and I'm talking fast. Forgive me. Uh, when the sun came home, the prodigal son came home. The story is about the father, not about the sons. When the son who had wasted everything came home, 
the father had already done some work you guys live in Kearney, nebraska you probably have a coffee shop somewhere you probably have a coffee shop where some of the old guys i i know those old guys you know that our guys meet at mcdonald's and we walk in there's about eight or ten of them and man they are solving the world's problems every time we walk in there and they are talking about something and we walk in and uh, <laughs> i remember one time i walked in and it got silent and i went okay <laughs> that's not a good that's not a good sign when you know when there's a lot of buzz going on and they look over and you go oh <laughs> that, that, we had one of those anyway when when there was conversation going on at the coffee shop when a son comes in well known in the community and says dad i want you to drop dead so i can have my stuff i'm going to go to another place and the rumor mill starts that he's over there wasting all of daddy's money and he's and he's he, that crazy old man, first of all, allowed him to be, he allowed himself to be so dishonored that he honored his son who dishonored him. Wow. The one who should have been honoring his father dishonored his father and publicly took his father's stuff, robbed his father and his brother of inheritance. I'll vindicate that statement in just a second because father kept spending the, the older son's inheritance on restoring the younger son. The father kept spending the older son's inheritance on restoring the younger son because the father didn't have anything left because he gave all his stuff to his two sons. The father goes, now, <laughs> coffee shop is buzzing. Bzzz. You know what that boy did? That boy told his dad to drop dead, took the dad's stuff and left in another country. Dad walks in one day to the coffee shop. All of a sudden, everything gets quiet. <laughs> Dad looks around. He's going, I'm, I'm changing the conversation. Leaves the coffee shop, goes down to the... Hello, Mr. Taylor. I want a robe. I don't want a cheap one. I want a nice one. Some frills on the edges. I want a little gold, gold stuff on it. I want, it, I want some, some nice little things on the shoulders. I want, I want, it to be, I want, I want this to be a really, really nice robe. For your good boy that's working out in the field for you? No, no, no. My other son's coming home. What? You're going to spend money on that boy? Whose money are you spending? My older, my, my older son. It's okay with him. I, I, I know it'll be okay. We'll make it right. Next morning, everybody comes into the coffee shop. What are they talking about today? Are they talking about the boy? Now they're talking about the man, the old man. You know what he did? He thinks that boy's coming home. He's going to dress that boy in a robe that is nicer than the one he wears. Can you believe the audacity of that old man? Crazy old man. Guy walks in, he gets quiet again. He's going, okay, I got it now. They're looking at me now. They're not, they're not putting my son down. Now they're talking about me. Hello? Mr. Cobbler? I need a pair of boots. I want really nice boots. Put some little silver things on the toes. Put some of these little clacker things on the heels. Ostrich skin. I want nice boots. I, I want the best boots you can build me. For your boy, the one out that's working so hard out in the field. No, no, no. These are for my son that's coming home. Cobbler shows up at the coffee shop. Man, we are having a conversation today. 
Mr. Jeweler, I need a ring. What, your good boy lose his ring? Nope, nope, nope. This is for my boy that's coming up. You're going to give that boy a ring? What is wrong? What are you thinking? Do you know that if you give him a ring, he can spend not only your money, but your bro- his brother's money? Do you understand that you're going to give him full rights to all your name and everything you've done? Yep, that's right. Make a ring. Put my seal on it. You're going to give that to that boy? Yep. Boy, they are buzzing now. Papa goes home. Feed, feed that calf out there a little more. Give him double today. My son's coming home. We've got to fatten that boy up fast. Because when my son comes home, the servant goes down to the coffee shop and, you know, man, that guy is crazy. He's going to make steaks for that boy. He's, he's corn-feeding the calf. Been, been doing that since the day the boy left. You understand that the father is preparing a way for the son to come home in the glory that he, that he doesn't deserve. Why? Because when the boy comes home, he's going to be loaded up with a pile of lies. And this is what I want to unfold. If one of these hits you, I want you to just to jump up and say, and if somebody jumps up, I want somebody else to go over and just prophesy that thing off of them, just dust them off, beat it off of them, whatever you got to do. Tackle them, throw them on the ground. I don't care. <laughs> no, don't do that. Uh, but if, if, if there's resonance in any one of these with you, would you just stand as a representative of the body of Christ? Because all of these have to do with God preparing a bride. That's, I, I don't get this, but he's making a bride built up of sons and daughters. The, 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 we're all, it, like, it's, it's strange, but it's okay. He's making a kingdom of priests and brides and sons and daughters are all lumped in together. But if there's something that has, that has resonance on it, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to declare this. Um, I think we're ready to go there. Let's, let's do this. Uh, you know, Mike, <laughs> just a, a caveat. This afternoon, while I'm preparing this message, I have, a, I have a prophetic niece that's in California, wiped out on drugs, got a little baby, living in sin, but prophetic as the day is long. People run her down. She'll go to a bar and people will sit down and tell her their life story. She'll call Melanie and say, Melanie, I got this person in tears. Could you, could you please pray for them? And she'll hand the phone to the person and Mel will be able to minister to it. It, it happens all the time. She calls this afternoon. I don't know what's going on, but I got to get my life right. She was a, a, an indicator that this is not just for this church or not just this region. It's all, she's all the way in California. There's something that, that's shifting all over, and there's a cry in that prophetic heart that's away from God. It doesn't even. She doesn't deserve to hear. She's taken what God has done for her, and God has been so gracious, and she's trampled it underfoot. And she, and and part of me just goes, why does she get to hear? My wife's prophetic. I don't get to hear a whole lot. I she I was like, did you hear that? What what was that? I'm, I'm always pulling on her because she sees and hears and. God talks to her better than he does to me. That's a lie, I believe. Let's just go after that one. Father in Jesus. (laughs) Anyway, uh, okay. (laughs) But here she is in California, and she's saying, there's got to be a shift. Something's got to change. I can't keep doing what I'm doing. I'm coming to Nebraska. 
and I want to sit down and I want to get my life straightened out. Man, three o'clock this afternoon, I'm trying to take a stinking nap. And I'm listening to this, this broken down prophetic girl cry out and saying, I've got to get my life right. I, I've got to come back into my place in the body of Christ because I've been out here too long and I can't live without what I once knew. I've got to come back to the place that I once knew where he speaks to me and I've got to find this place again. There's a, yeah, thank you. <laughs> yes, Father, thank you for restoring everything the enemy's stolen, for taking that thing that, that the enemy's stolen and, and robbed us of the ability to hear and the ability to prophesy and, and that place where we once walked with you in, in, in the depth of your glory, in the, in, in the the awareness of your goodness and somehow that just got broken off of us and father i thank you that you're restoring all things you're bringing us right back to that place not because we deserve it but because of your great mercy and your loving grace father i thank you for what you're about to do oh all over the place wow let me find some notes so that i can stay on track um and i can't find any notes Well, those notes that I just preached. <laughs> okay, there it is. Okay. While the son is away, the father is busy changing the conversation concerning his wandering wayward son. Son was willing to settle for a contract when he deserved a covenant. When the son's in a far country, he makes a covenant with himself. He, he makes a contract with himself, and he says, I am willing to... And listen, this is a lie from the pits of hell. And if, you're, if there's any resonance in you I, want you, to, I want you to get free from this tonight because there's a freedom for the body of Christ if we'll just step into these things and say, that's enough. Some of us have made a covenant with the lesser glory. He said, I will come back and I will be a servant because I don't deserve to be a son. I'll live less than my calling because of my failure. I'll live at a position less than what, I, what my father wants to give me because in myself, I, don't, I, I know that I've squandered something and I can't do this anymore. Thank you. And he made a covenant to live less than. He made a covenant to say, I won't, I won't step back into everything my father wants for me, but I'll, I'll come back and I'll, I'll at least be in the house and I'll at least, I'll at least appreciate the, the, the family and the, and the blessing that's in the house but I really don't want to step back in fully. Listen, there, there are churches that have stepped away from their calling, mm -hmm. what they were positioned for and what they were ready for, and they've, and they've, they've made a, a, an agreement with a lesser glory, and they've said, if, we'll, we'll just provide a nice little place here. I know I'm, I'm thinking about a church right now in this region, and, and I just speak to that church right now in the name of Jesus that you're, you're going to step in and you're going to be what God called you to be and you're not having to live at a lesser glory because what you think you did that failed or you didn't live up to whatever it was and you didn't step in in the right time or you didn't, you didn't come back quick enough or whatever it is, but you made a covenant with a lesser glory. You made a covenant with a lesser glory. We break that off in Jesus' name. We break that off in Jesus' And we release now the, the fullness of the covenant that you once were promised. You're coming back not as a halfway son not as a servant not just having to work your way back in you're coming back as one who has been called and commissioned by god to stand in the glory of heaven and be a re reflection of what god created you to be in the first place you're not coming back halfway you're coming back all the way 
The Father has already prepared and said, I'm not going to let you come back halfway. I'm filling you with my glory. I'm going to dress you in my glory. I'm putting a robe on your back. I am gonna, I'm going to put something on you. You know you're going to look at it and say, why in the world do you let me look like this? I don't deserve to look like this. Because he's dressing his bride and he's prepared for a bride that's without spot and without wrinkle. And he's, he refuses to have a less than bride. You're not coming halfway back in. You're coming in as a full-fledged. You're, you're dressed in glory. He has prepared for you a robe of glory. And you're going to walk back in and you're going to shine with the glory of heaven. You're going you're to live in the glory of heaven. You're going to reflect well the glory of heaven. You cannot come back in in half glory because you, you can't fulfill your purpose. Coming back is worthless if you don't come all the way back. That was a... That was a wow. Father said, you can't come all, you can't come back as a servant. I'm not going to let you come work your way back in. It's not by works of righteousness that you have done. It's according to the mercy I have extended to you. You're coming back in as a full-fledged son, a full-fledged daughter. I'm dressing you in a robe of righteousness. I've already got it prepared. Jesus purchases it on the cross. The robe is prepared. You're walking back in, and you're going to look at it and say, God, why would you put that on me? I smell like pigs. I don't, I don't deserve this. I, I've, I've been in the wrong place at the wrong time. And, and God said, I don't care. I'm dressing you because I'm not taking you back and showing you off to those guys over there that think you don't deserve this. I'm, I'm going I'm to make an example of you because of my acceptance, even of your, of your in insecurities, and in your, even in the place of your failure. I'm going to make an example of my mercy and my grace to all the nations of the earth. They're going to see how I treat sons and daughters, and I'm not going to let you work your way back in. It's not by what you do. I'm going to dress you. <laughs> Everybody get prayed for that stood up. I just want to make sure we get that broken off. Yeah. Somebody pray for my brother over there, would you? Somebody just grab it, knock that off. <laughs> Thank you, Father, for the freedom. Shabbat. Does this make sense, what we're doing right now? Is that? <sighs> Thank you, guys, the, the brave ones in the room. Thank you for not being intimidated. Thank you, guys, so much. There's shoes on his feet. When he walks in, listen, your, your pastor's experiencing it right now in Israel. When you go to Israel, how have you all have been? The ground is covered with rocks. Everywhere you, everywhere you go, and they're, and they're not just nice, smooth, round rocks. They're, they're broken. The whole ground is covered. Wherever you go, there's rocks. And it hurts to move. When you sold your shoes. <laughs> the church, in many ways, has sold your shoes. The church has merchandised its message, and, and, and if the message isn't comfortable for people, they back away from it and they sell their shoes for acceptance. It's the price. You take the edge off your gospel. When you refuse to speak truly and, and clearly. And the church has backed away from that and said, I'm, I, I, I can't be that. I, 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 gotta, I gotta be accepted. I, I, can't, I can't risk being rejected for the sake of the gospel. 
And yet, if you're going to put the shoes on, it's a, there's a risk of being rejected, and you have to embrace that up front. And he says, I didn't come here to make peace. I came here to give you a sword. I didn't come here to make you feel comfortable. I came here because you're going to be one who stands between life and death. And I gave you a set of shoes that are the preparation of the gospel of peace, and I'm going to declare things over the nation through those who are at the audacity to wear these shoes. But if you sold your shoes for comfort, if you sold your shoes, you, can't, you, you don't have have shoes to walk back in and the father says i'm going to put shoes on your feet and you're going to have the audacity to step in where you're not paralyzed any longer you're not stepping back afraid that you could get hurt because you take a step out i'm going to put you in a place i'm going to put shoes on your feet so that there's no more fear of, of, of the pain that's going to come by stepping out and being out there and being and being persecuted or being fearful of being rejected i'm going to put shoes on your feet that it doesn't matter what anybody else says you can walk boldly and freely without hesitation into the place I called you to be. You can take the steps I call you to take. You're going to step in where others fear to tread because you got shoes on your feet that are well-developed and well-fashioned. And well they have been prepared for such a time as this and that the enemy is going to have his head stepped on by those whose shoes have been restored. The church is going to begin to step into places and begin to take authority in places. The enemy is going to have his head crushed and he hates it when he sees a believer put their shoes on and preparing themselves for the gospel of peace. He hates it. And the, and the church right now is going to come to a place where they're going to be reacquainted with the gospel of peace. The gospel that, 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 that creates some warfare in the process, but its end result is the gospel of peace. And they're going to step into places where they've been paralyzed. And they've said, we can't say that. We can't go there because we've been wounded or hurt in the past. Oh, God's taking people that have been wounded in ministry in the past and he's reshotting them. They, they've been paralyzed and afraid to step, take that next step because it's going to pain, be painful and I don't know what I'm going to step on and I don't know what I'm going to encounter. God's saying, I'm going I'm to shod your feet and that's going to take the fear away. You're going to look down and know who you are because you've got, you got some, <laughs> you got some boots on, you've got some shoes on that are not going to be hampered by a little bit of rocky ground. A little bit of rocky experience. By <laughs> your shoes are going to give you... Listen, your little boy, Malachi, today, he's walking out of the restaurant, he's got these boots on, man. I said, are those new boots? He's, yes, they are. Those are my new boots. Like, yeah. He is walking. <laughs> listen, you put a set of boots on a boy, you got something, you got something to deal with. Because the attitude and everything else comes with it. He's got his boots on. We were at a restaurant this, mor this morning at breakfast. Little girl walked in with her cowboy hat on. She, I, she, she owned the place. She had her pink cowboy hat on. She had her boots on. She, she, <laughs> she, was, she was prepared to take on the world. And if you, <laughs> you, you didn't have the audacity to say anything about her because she was, she was prepared. Listen, God's dressing his church in a robe with some shoes they're going to make a difference. It's going to shift the attitude of the church. The, the church is no longer going to shrink back from saying what needs to be said and confronting what needs to be confronted. And with, with, with a heart of peace, I'm not, here to make, I'm not here to make a war with you or to argue with you. I'm just going to tell you the truth. This is what God says. And we cannot back away from it because, because we got hurt one time or because our shoes slipped off and we, and we, we got a wound on the bottom of our foot. Scripture says that he'll bruise our heel. 
it will crush his head. Wow. <laughs> Thank you guys who responded. Everybody that responded, get prayed for. You, you, understand, you understand that it's not just the people in the room, but you are literally God is breaking some of this stuff off of you as a representative of the church. And he's, and he's identifying it in you as an individual so that the church can be free. And you're, you're, some of you are going to lead the way in some of these pieces. And, and people are going to look at you and say, what in the world happened? You say, I got boots. What in the world happened to you? I, God, I was in, God dressed me. He, he threw this robe on me. And all of a sudden, I'm acting like another person. I, I'm not bowed down. I'm not, I'm, I'm not walking in shame anymore because I've been dressed by the, by the God of the universe. And he gave me the best. Wow. There are some of you in this room that you know the place you left the ring. You know the place that you got intimidated. You know the place that you, you sold the ring. Somebody challenged you and you sold the ring. You, you said, oh, well, that's okay. I'll just not, I'll, I'll not. You know that you have authority and power. You know that you can make declarations over your family. But that rebellious child looked at you and squared off with you, and you backed off, and you said, you know what? I, I, I'm just not going to confront you anymore. And it's not even a matter of confrontation. It's a matter of you, you abandoned your right as a parent to speak over that child's life. Whether it's in the prayer closet or face-to-face, -face, it doesn't matter. But somewhere along the line, the intimidation of the face-to-face -face got in your spirit, and it began to steal the ring right off of your finger, and you stopped declaring. There are pastors that have stopped declaring over their church. They have stopped because, because they, they, they're afraid of raising expectation levels and they're afraid of operating in the authority God gave them. They're afraid of making declarations that are bigger than their experience. And somewhere along the line, they laid it down at the altar of ex expectation or the altar that I'm afraid I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to bring somebody into a place where they're going to be discouraged or they're, they're going to be disappointed. And we've laid our ring down on that altar where we were afraid we were, they were going to be disappointed because we declared something over them or because they were going to rebel over it and we didn't want them to do that so we just stopped talking not only in the natural but in the spiritual realm in the prayer closet we laid our ring down because of disappointment because of prayers that didn't get answered because we were disappointed when we prayed for somebody for for healing and they and they and they they died we prayed for somebody for healing and they had to have surgery and we laid our ring down on that altar of disappointment. We said, my feelings are more important than my ring. I'll just lay the ring down. I'm not doing that anymore. Some of you prophesied over somebody, and they looked at you and said, you're just totally wrong. That's not God. And, and they, they rejected that word, and you laid your ring down and said, I just won't do that anymore then if you don't want to hear it. And, and you, you took your toys and went home. There are prophets in the church that took their toys and went home. They laid their ring of authority down. They laid their prophetic gift down. I have a, friend, a very personal, close friend that has one of the most amazing prophetic gifts. And because, because it was too painful and people rejected him too much, he finally took his ring off, laid it on the altar, and walked away, and he's hiding out in a cave today. Breaks my heart. I called Bill back out of that cave in the name of Jesus. I declare to him, Bill, you got to come out. Put your ring back on. Make some declarations. They're going to change the nation. Make some declarations. 
Put your ring back on. You have the authority to, to do business in the name of the kingdom, in the name of the king. You have the authority to make covenant relationships. You have the authority to, to declare, to build up, and to tear down. It's the authority of the ring of heaven. And somehow you, you gave it up, you laid it down, and it's time to pick it back up and put it back on your finger and begin to pick up the place that God put you to begin with. You know you're called to it. Put your ring back on. Put your ring back on. Some of you just need to take, you just need to ah, put a ring back on. I want you to physically just, if you don't have a ring, put a ring on. Come on, just do it. As a, as a representative of the body of Christ, I put my ring back on. I'm not going to be silent. I'm going to make the declarations and I'm going to make the covenants. I'm going to make the agreements that heaven makes. I'm going to come into agreement with what God says. Whoa. I'm sorry if I'm being too excited or something, but something's happening even while i'm making these declarations there's something shifted in the heavenly realms i sent it to my spirit i've i've longed for this day when there's going to be some declarations like this that are going to literally shift the heavenly realms and we're going to walk out of this place and into a realm that's been shifted and things are going to be different out in that realm the the influence of the church is going to be is going to be increased because of the robe they wear the, the influence influence of the church is going to increase because of the shoes they wear it's going to be increased because of the robe because of the ring because god has dressed the, the the bride to prepare the world for the coming of the king and and he wants his bride to be big he wants his bride to be extended he wants his bride to be pure he wants his bride to be beautiful and there's not enough there's more wow Whew. robe Shoes, ring, calf. I've prepared a table before you in the presence of my enemies. Some of us have never known what it was to, to sit down and really eat with Jesus, to have him sacrifice, just to come and be near you. His longing is to sit down with you. But some of us, when he would say, come and sit at my table, I'm standing at the door and knocking, and you're going, I'm not worthy to come and sit with you. I don't want to. The stakes are too expensive. I don't deserve that much. I'll just eat the scraps from the table. Just let me sit down under the table like a dog and eat what, what others don't want. I'll, I'll take what everybody else doesn't take. And you never know what it's like to be the first one at the table. I was, I was the baby of four, and we didn't have a whole lot. I know what it's like to eat scraps. And I know what it's like to have a poverty mentality that says it's too extreme, it's too extravagant. I don't deserve that, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back away and let somebody else have the good portion. When God is, he is, he, he has sliced that and diced that thing, so he's got just the, the cut you like. <laughs> you like ribs? Man, have I got some ribs for you, dude. <laughs> you like T-bones? Okay, I got a T-bone. I know exactly what you like. I know what flavor you like. Oh, give the T-bone to somebody else because I know everybody else likes them too. I'll just, I'll just, take, a, I'll just take a round steak. Just maybe, maybe, maybe just give me, the, give me the rib tips. I'll just take the tips. Actually, they're the best part, but that's okay. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? It's, the, it's a poverty mentality that says 
what God does is too extreme in my behalf. It's too much. Somebody just needs to stand up for me. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's too extreme. If I get, get mine, somebody else doesn't get theirs. Father, we just break that poverty mentality off the bride of Christ. We break it off that we are, we are invited to a table where the best is served, where you've prepared a table before us. You have prepared the, 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 the sweetest, juiciest thing that you possibly could find in the universe, and you created it even better so that we could come back and live in a place as a son. You have prepared the best for us. You have you've given a sacrifice so that we could be fed the best and we refuse We'll eat we'll eat whatever you give But we refuse to ignore the steak you put before us if you prepare a table. We're eating what you set We refuse to walk away from it because we see it seems extreme or it seems extravagant Father we're gonna walk in this season Listen There's a favor and a glory coming to the kingdom it's not, a, it's not a vain glory. It's not an, a glory that's mixed in with people's ego, but there's a glory coming to the kingdom. He, his, his delight is that we would be in his presence uh, according to Hebrews chapter t- uh, t- 2, verse 10. According to 1 Peter chapter 2, we're a kingdom of priests, a kingdom of kings. He's made us kings and priests to our God. If you walk in like a pauper and sit on a throne, you don't belong there in that garb. You have to, you have to dress according to the place that God prepares for you. I, I, was, I was going to a men's retreat to, 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 to declare to about 200 men the glory of the Lord and what God was about ready to do. And on the way there, I was singing. I don't remember the song. Uh, somebody maybe can help me. I bring you glory, glory. I bring you glory. And God stopped me in the middle of the thing and said, how are you going to bring me what you never collected? Because every time somebody would come up with a compliment, I would, re- I would reject the compliment because it was too much. What they were doing was trying to hand me glory and say, what you just did, what you just said was glorious. What you just did, what happened in my spirit was glorious. And it's not my job to reject that. It's my job to receive that and give it to the Father and take it as a sacrifice before the Lord. Not of my ego or my will, but according to the gift that he's given, I bring back glory in, in, in direct proportion to the gift that he's given. This, this false humility, humility pit that the church has fallen into where we have to, we have to reject any, any form of, of, of accolade or any form of glory it's a false humility that re, that releases us from being able to be the sons that he created us to be because he said my job is to bring many sons not into eh, but to bring them into glory if we're not willing to enter into glory then we've 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 taken ourselves out of the position of being developed as sons and put ourselves in a lesser place and we just made a covenant with the lesser Wow. Who, who among us just has a really good habit of rejecting any compliment that comes your way? And you just say, I don't need that. I, don't give that to me. I don't deserve that. Yeah, and, you, and you just you, you do everything you can do to try to crawl in a hole when somebody tries to give you a compliment. And I want you to, I, I just, it's not about your ego. 
It's not about getting our ego built up. It's about being able to say, God, I know who I am. I know without you I'm nothing, but I know that you've given me the position of reflecting your glory well, and I thank you that people see it. I thank you, Father, that they saw it. I I give you all the glory, and I'm going to do everything I can to reflect the glory back on you. I refuse to ignore it. I refuse to reject it. I choose to channel it. I choose to receive it so that I can give it. And when I sing, I give you glory. I want something weighty in my hands to give to you. And Father, if you allow me to prophesy, if you allow me to to have a a place in in, in regeneration or or reformation of the church, and and people come along and say, that's amazing. I thank you, Father, that you've graced me with the ability to, to declare your goodness to the land of the living. I thank you that in this season, you've given us the ability to gather some glory, to give to you. Bring many sons into glory. Bring many sons into glory. Let them see your goodness and glorify. Father, give us grace to sort out our ego from the glory. God, give us grace to reject ego and receive glory. Does that make sense? Is that that a bad prayer? I hope that's not a bad prayer. Uh, God. You can't give what you won't gather. It's like going into your boss and saying, you know, this paycheck you gave me, it's just way too much. I'm sorry, I, I, I can live on less than that. I know you can live on less than that, but you're worth that. Oh, you know, I'm really not worth that much. I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm not that good an employee. I'm sorry, but you, you, you're just paying me too much. That's stupid. You, your, your authority looks at you and says, and, and most of our bosses, we went in there, I hope, if you're a good believer, if you go in there and try to argue with him about the amount he's paying you, most of our bosses probably would say, I'm not paying you enough for the value you give to this place. If you're walking in glory as a son, his argument is going to be to you, I'm not paying you enough. I can't pay him anymore because of all the other stuff that goes on with that. But you don't go in and argue because somebody sees value. You accept the Thank you. I appreciate the blessing. I hope I can do something that'll, that'll do better next week than I did this week. kind of coming in for a landing we're already i'm nine minutes and 52 seconds over where i'm supposed to be okay and this this one's going to be tough i'm telling you this is going to be tough because here's the deal some of us are really comfortable being tolerated but we get really comfortable when we're uncomfortable when we're celebrated i don't really deserve a party I mean, that's one I missed when I was doing mariachi band. What would it cost to have you on call? For what? My son's coming home. When he comes home, we're going to have a dance. And we're going to celebrate really big. When is he coming home? I don't know when he's coming home, but I, I just want you on retainer. Whatever else you got going on, when he comes home, I want to be first on the list cancel everything else what's it going to cost me don't you know the the issue to the older son was the fact that he didn't know how to be celebrated he could have been celebrated at any moment if he had just said i need celebrated today 
That's what the father said. The father said, you could have had whatever you wanted whenever you wanted it. I would have given you the favor. I would have, I would have invited all your friends and all your family, but you didn't even know how to ask to be ce- celebrated. Melanie started this crazy thing where she just goes to Jesus and says, Jesus, what do you like about me? What is that? It's the, it's the permission to be celebrated. She's giving God permission is there anything nice you'd like to say about me? Go ahead and say it to me, would you please? And some of us would go, there, oh, I could never pray that prayer. I'm not going to, oh, God would never want to say anything like that to me. And that's a life in the pits of hell because you're his bride. When you get up in the morning, he goes, oh, you're up. <laughs> I waited for this moment. It's so good. I told the guys at Encounter, I, I had this, this time when we were coming... Forgive me, I'm using the same examples, but, but we, I had this time when, when the Holy Spirit was really moving and really, he, he loved hanging out with us. And 3.33 every morning, my alarm would, would kick and, and, or my, my little thing, I would wake up, I would look over and it'd be 3.33. And it was an invitation to go down to the, to the holy place we got in the front room down there. And I, if I went down there, he would be speaking and he would have a celebration. He would have something he wanted to give to me. He would have something he'd want to pour out on me. And I learned that it was so fun. It was, it was so good just to go down there because it was like, God, what have you prepared for me? What in the world did you call me down here for? And he would, he would always give me something or share something with me or have some nugget of truth. He would just pour on my heart. And it was like one morning, one morning I look, I wake up and it's like, okay, it's got to be 3.33. I look over, it's 3.32. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, I couldn't wait. Oh, God. <laughs> I, and that was all I needed for the whole morning. It was like, I just laid in bed and cried. It was like, God, you just celebrated me. You anticipated my presence. You, you couldn't wait to talk to me. That is so amazing. And, and it broke something in me. There was something in me that said he didn't really want to be around me. He didn't really want to celebrate me. He didn't really want to have a party with me. Everybody else, he likes those other people a whole lot better than he likes me. And we do this comparison thing. My brother gets a party, but I don't ever get one. Because you didn't ask for one. You didn't get up at 3.33 when he woke you up. So you don't get the nugget. Not his fault. He wanted to give you one. If you wake up at 3.33, I guarantee it. I don't guarantee it. I, I, I recommend it very highly. If you wake up at 3.33 and look, it may be something else with you. It may be personal. But if you do 3.33, it may be just a, rem, a remnant of what he does with me. Uh, <laughs> I would get up and go to another room and just say, okay. What do you got? He's going to celebrate you. Not going to tolerate you any longer. Well, there are pastors all over this room, all over this, all over this region, all over, the, all over the nation, all over the world that have been tolerated, that need to be celebrated. And the body of Christ has got to learn how to take care of the fivefold ministry and love the people around him and celebrate well your worship leaders. Celebrate. Listen, they hear, if they have an off day, they hear about it. They hear about it from the enemy. They hear about it from their own personal voice. They hear about it from, from somebody who says, well, that was nice, but it, well, I didn't really like the song you did today. You want, to, you want to really, you, you, you want a better worship leader? You want a better pastor? Celebrate them. Celebrate them. The moment, the moment you see anything that glitters of God, celebrate it. Celebrate it because you, you heard me say it, you duplicate what you celebrate, and God's celebrating the bride that comes to him in purity and delight. He celebrates them with a party. He doesn't just do it passively. He doesn't do it with, 
with, with a, a lot of, of reserve. The scripture says that when the older brother out in the field, he's a long way away, out in the field, he heard music and dancing. How hard were they doing the river dance? How loud were the boots on the dance floor? They were doing some stomping. Daddy wasn't just shuffling his feet. He was doing everything he could do with gusto to let that boy know, I want you to hear this. I want you to feel this in your spirit. I want the earth to shake because something's shifting today in your life. You're never going to be the same again. I've restored you 100%. I've given you back everything you took with you and you lost. And I did it at your brother's expense. Some of you guys with a little gray in your hair, I, I was really hard on you this morning. Can I say this? Thank you. Thank you for celebrating. For buying playground equipment when you didn't have any grandkids that would play on it. For buying coffee pots. For providing a place. For sticking around when everybody else wanted to leave. Thank you. <laughs> for growing roots when the winds were blowing really hard. For sacrificing so well. Thank you. I celebrate you. Dance for you. <laughs> because you haven't been celebrated enough. There are people. Oh man, I'm going to go after this one. Father, I, I break the ingratitude of my generation and generations younger than I that, that don't know how to, to, to thank God and celebrate somebody of a different generation. Father, I ask you to forgive us for not celebrating each other's generation well. God, forgive us for being so grumpy when a little child runs through and makes a lot of noise and just about knocks us over. God, forgive us for not celebrating them well. Forgive the body of Christ for not having the party when, when somebody came home and, and, we, and we viewed them and we went, oh, yeah, you can come in, but you can just have another place. You can have a lower place. But we didn't celebrate them well. Father, forgive us. Give us grace to celebrate each other well when we come together, when we see each other walk in the, par in, in the, in the doors. Father, may they be the most important person. My 12-year-old my granddaughter hates coming to my room. When she comes to my house and she comes up the stairs and comes down the hallway, she knows when she walks in the room, I'm going to go, Oh, she's here! Look, she's here! Look, Bella just walked in my room. It's amazing! And she looks at me and goes, Poppy, shut up. Just stop it. But inside, she's going, I just came here for that. That's what I came for. She lights up. She says to her daddy, take me over to Poppy's house. Sometimes just because she's going to come up the stairs and the friends at school haven't celebrated her and mom and dad sometimes forget. She knows if she walks into Poppy's room, she's going to get celebrated. We've got to practice that among the body of Christ. You're kings and priests. You're made for glory. 
you have giftings and callings and abilities that God wants to wants to not leave laying on the shelf in this season. He wants to activate the body of Christ to become all they were created to be. I just want to pray glory over you. Can I do that? Father, I thank you for glorifying the body of Christ so that they can reflect well your glory. I thank you for, for polishing the mirror, polishing the stones that you've set in them, the, the, the glittering jewels that you've set in their hearts so that, that when they stand in your presence and they, and they turn, they, they literally shine with your glory. When they walk into a room, everybody in the room knows that something just shifted because the body of Christ has just extended the kingdom into the realm that they're sitting in. Father, I thank you for the celebration of the body of Christ, that we are going to learn how to celebrate each other and enjoy the celebration of the Father. Father, I thank you that you're going to shift our thoughts, shift our minds. We repent of, the, of, 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 uh, of protecting the picture of an angry God. We release now the picture of a happy God who dances over us with joy and sings in our presence. Thank you, Father. Well, for shifting, I thank you that heaven's coming to earth and there's the sound of earthquakes and the sound of lightnings and thunderings. <laughs> Shift the body of Christ in this season. Shift it. and Let us hear the mighty rushing winds blow through as the gates of heaven swing open. Thank you, Father. Wow. In Jesus' name. Amen. Whew. Pastor Bo, are we done? Go home. Get out of here. Tacos? Oh, I don't know. Whatever. Bless you guys. You want to say anything else? We're good? We're good? I don't feel like I should say anything, so we're good. Hey, may God bless you this week. Yeah, you guys have an awesome week, an awesome time, and uh, just as you just process that, all that just even maybe as you go home or this week, maybe there's something that, that clicks and you just say, Lord, I just receive what Steve said. I, I take that upon me. I reject what the enemy has said and I receive what you have said mm -hmm. about me. And so it, sometimes it takes it takes time to process. I know yeah. I'm a processor. And so as you do that, feel free to do that. All right. So you guys have a blessed week, a blessed time, and may God bless you. Amen. God bless. Have an awesome time.